What's up and welcome back to the Cycling with Watts podcast. I'm your host, Jared Watts, and this is episode 14 of the Cycling with Watts podcast. This podcast is dedicated to get you out on the bike riding more. We delve into all things cycling, including news coming out of the Pro Peloton, all of the great bike products coming out from the tech world, diving into maintenance clinics, and then going through training tips. So I'm so thankful that you are here today listening to the Cycling with Watts podcast. I'm still pretty new on this journey, only into episode 14. So thank you for everyone who's been there from the start, but also thank you for any new listeners today. Today is a a little bit of a a shorter podcast, but we're going to get into some pro news, a bunch of transfer stuff going on. There is a new world championship jersey that has been debuted and then we're going to touch on a little bit of tech so we're going to roll that orchestra music as this velvet lounge bass takes us out of the intro So, like I said, this is a little bit uh, shorter of a podcast. I'm actually traveling in Dublin, Ireland right now, seeing all of the sights, eating so much fish and chips, drinking a ton of Guinness and a ton of Jameson. It has been absolutely amazing. So, yep, this is going to be a little bit shorter of a podcast. I'm on a little bit different of a setup today, so I hope everything is still coming through crisp and clear through those through those speakers. And I got a, a great podcast coming up. I think in a couple weeks I'll do it, kind of the difference between European biking and American biking and what we can learn from a commuting standpoint from the European bike scene because I would say biking is so much more prevalent over here and I really want to dive into that topic. But today we're getting into pro news and tech news today. And in the pro news, there isn't a ton of racing going on. You know, it feels like We've had a lot over the past month with the Vuelta and the World Championships, and there's been a lot of racing news to talk about. Now it's about a lot of transfer news, new companies coming into the Pro Peloton, and so, yeah, let's jump into it. So Quickstep has been the most dominant team this season, absolutely dominating with guys like Fernando Gaviria, Elia Viviani. I believe they have 69 total wins as a team. They have just been dominating in the Peloton this year, along with guys like Julian Alaphilippe. But Quickstep said that they were not going to come back as that title sponsor for next year. So there was a little bit of uncertainty around the team and we've seen that with a lot of teams especially in the U.S. where title sponsors are dropping but fortunately for Quickstep they got a new title sponsor now I will probably butcher this name but I'm going to take my best shot at it it's called Dese Unic it is a Belgian energy company so next year as far as we know right now it is going to be Dese Unic Quickstep so kind of a mouthful when it comes to a team name now we have no idea at this moment what the kit is going to look like what their colors are going to be anything like that we just know that they at least have a title sponsor for next year and a little bit later on I'm going to get to some big transfer news that stems around this and Unfortunately, this rider could have maybe just waited a little bit longer. Maybe he wanted to move anyways, but we'll get into who that rider is because that could be a huge blow for Quick Step next year. So Alejandro Valverde is 
your new world champion. And if you've been reading anything about why that is controversial, he's not like the most beloved world champion. I think Peter Sagan (laughs) killed that, and he was one of the most popular guys to ever wear the rainbow jerseys. He did it for three years. It was fantastic. But now it is Alejandro Valverde, and I was slightly, slightly mad that Valverde won because I didn't think he would have the panache that some other riders, such as Julian Alphilippe, Roman Bardet, would have wearing those rainbow stripes. And not that I am 100% disappointed in his new kit, but it's just not as it's not as clean looking as I thought Sagan wore it, or Sagan just wore it with so much panache. And so Alejandro Valverde did debut his new world championship jersey. Thankfully, he is wearing black shorts. I didn't think he was going to wear white shorts, but thankfully, he is wearing black shorts. And so it's a pretty simple jersey, you know, all white top, rainbow stripes across the tra- chest with Movie Star prominent right above the rainbow jerseys. And then his other sponsors, such as Canyon and Endura, are up top near his collarbone area or neckline as well. And then he has the rainbow bands around his neck and around his the cuff of his sleeves and then also around his leg bands as well again he is wearing black shorts so thankfully for that I think the world championship jersey can wear an all white if it's in a TT suit but Alexander Kristoff last year was the European champion and he had an all white kit all the time just don't like white shorts don't like white shorts so thankfully Alejandro Valverde is wearing black shorts for his world championship jersey. Now, sticking with jerseys and with clothing, it is with great, great, great excitement for me to announce, I guess I'm not announcing it, I read the announcement, that Rafa is back in the pro peloton. This is super exciting as I love Rafa. It is my favorite clothing out on the market right now love their brand love their culture love everything that they're doing i am super totally obsessed with rafa i just love going to their clubhouses too when i'm in a city and getting a coffee and that coffee is way better than anywhere else literally just because it's rafa and so rafa's back in the pro peloton with ef education first the past two years they have been with Pac for their clothing and for their helmets i don't know what they're going to do with helmets guessing they might move to Giro if they're with Rafa, but who knows from that standpoint, but Rafa is going to be back in the pro Peloton. So I'm super excited for that, but something Rafa has been doing as a brand, at least in the past year or two, they've really been focusing on the commuter, endurance and gravel, and also fixed gear racing. They've come out with a couple lines they had their, their crit line that they came out with that kind of looked like gas oil spill on their jersey. They came out with that at the beginning of the summer. They came out with a new brevet line that had cargo bib shorts, that had a new undershirt as well, or a base layer, and that was focused on endurance riding, gravel riding, backpacking, stuff like that. And so, at least as far as I know right now from the reading, of the announcement EF Education First, along with Rafa, is going to focus on more of those events and they're going to expand their pro team to also be in fixed gear races, gravel races, endurance races. And so from a sport evolution standpoint, 
I think this is really cool to see that a pro team is embracing all of these amazing things that are coming out of the world of cycling and gaining a lot of popularity, but yet from a pro side, it is dominated by road racing almost entirely. There is a lot of great gravel races out there in the U.S., such as the Dirty Kanza, but we don't see a pro team there, maybe sponsored riders by some kind of one-off team or something like that, but we don't see a full team that's also in the pro peloton at some of these endurance or gravel races. So I think that's excited to see, exciting to see. And then the fixed gear side as well, if anybody follows the team Specialized Rocket Espresso, they are probably the top team when it comes to fixed gear races. There was just a Red Hook crit in Milan over the weekend and Specialized Rocket Espresso was the top team to beat there. They did not get the win. But they dominate the fixed gear scene. And they also have a road team, I believe, but a lot of those guys who ride fixed gear for Red Hook Expresso also ride road season for another team. And so I think it'd be great if you have EF Education first now comes into that scene and they're able to do it all. They're able to do gravel, endurance, and fixed gear racing. Recently, Maybe about a month ago, the Transcontinental over in Europe, that race took place, and that was a sponsored rider who won that event, actually sponsored by Rafa and Fairlight. So we could see him come onto the EF Education First team, something like that. I don't know, but I'm excited to see the world of pro cycling open up to some of these other categories because I think that's the future of cycling and may help to get more fans into the picture especially as a lot of these pro road races are moving towards the gravel section or something along those lines where they're mixing up that road race to make it more exciting for the fans all right so let's get on into transfer news i teased it at the beginning that somebody from quick step would be moving on and in a way it was because of the uncertainty with the team now whether or not that's true that he just wanted to make a move I'm surprised he wanted to make a move because he has been dominating and quick step has given him that chance to dominate now he could also be moving because he is not the number one sprinter on quick step it would be a battle between Elia Viviani and Fernando Gaviria so maybe he wants to move over because he wants that top sprinter spot for whatever race he wants to do because right now I don't believe he gets to pick and choose which race he wants to do. Quick Step chooses that for him. And so that is Fernando Gaviria. He's moving over to UAE Emirates. Now this news broke a couple days ago and then just yesterday came out that they will have that title sponsor in Desa Unic for next year. So you wonder if he knew that this was coming down the pipeline but still wanted to move but could use it as kind of an excuse to to move on if he wanted to be that star sprinter over on another team. So yes, Fernando Gaviria is moving over to UAE Emirates. Another huge news. So when you sign somebody in a cycling contract, usually it's on that two-year mark. You kind of almost all deals, even with clothing, sponsors, stuff like that, it's on a two-year deal. But Team Sky just dropped a bomb and signed Egan Bernal 
for a five-year deal. So in pro cycling, that is huge. A five-year deal is massive. You know, when it comes to Major League Baseball or the NFL, a five-year deal is pretty standard, nothing crazy. But in cycling, this is a huge, huge deal. So they locked up Egan Bernal for five years, and they're chasing after another young Colombian rider right now, and everybody believes that Sosa is going to sign with Team Sky. So we could see... Team Sky dominated by Colombian riders in the next couple of years coming up as Chris Froome and Garen Thomas are starting to get towards the end of their career. And so this is a great chance for Egan Bernal. So he signs a five-year extension with Team Sky after having an incredible 2018 season. Another person who is signing an extension is Fabio Falin. And he is signing a one-year extension with Trek Segafredo. He had a tough 2018 season, as in 2017. He was the winner of Trofeo Lagugilia. I am, yeah, butchered that one. But he was also the points classification winner in the Volta España in 2016. And the 28-year-old placed third in last week's Italian time trial. So, he's definitely a force to be reckoned with. He is a great Italian rider. I think he took 30th in the World Championships as well as he was on that Italian squad. So, he signs a one-year extension with Trek Segafredo. Another young guy moving up to the pro ranks is Rob Stannard. And he's 20 years old. And he signs on with Mitchelton Scott. So, congrats to him on coming up to the World tour level another person who will be staying with our team and this has been some uh, big news is mark cavendish will be staying on with dimension data now mark cavendish has had a very rocky 2018 season as he's had a series of crashes you know he hasn't taken first place in any race he's basically missed almost the entire season due to injury and then Unfortunately, at the end of the season, he got Barr-Epstein virus, and so he was ruled out for the rest of the season as he took time to recover from that. But he was rumored to be going over to Bahrain-Merida, pending that a McLaren sponsorship was going to happen for Bahrain-Merida. Right now, we don't know that that McLaren sponsorship is off the table, but it's certainly not on the table at the moment. And so Mark Cavendish will be staying at Dimension data some other news about people staying on ef education first announced that mitch docker has renewed his contract for 2019 mitch docker is an australian he's been with the season or with the team for one season but has played a a key role for that team and is a road captain for them also there is a new world tour team coming on. I'm not 100% sure when it's coming on, but it was just announced that a Chinese World Tour team will be coming on, and supposedly they have a bigger budget than Team Sky and look to win the Tour de France by 2025. Now, there really is no Chinese or Asian team in the Pro Peloton right now, so this would also bring, you know, another good amount of diversity to the Pro Peloton if this team is going to come on and if they're going to 
have a bigger budget than the sky, then they are going to be a force to be reckoned with because sky did the same thing back in 2011 when they broke onto the scene, had a huge budget, had a big sponsor and took them a couple of years to get that tour de France win. So this could be the takedown of, of uh, team sky, but uh, exciting to see kind of a new country coming into the pro Peloton from that standpoint. So that is it for pro news. And at the end of pro news, we now have Sagan watch. Yes. So that was the sirens for Sagan watch. We got two things for Sagan. He unveiled his new Slovenian national championship kit. And let me tell you, he's really only missing two colors from the rainbow jerseys as he has that red, white, and blue underneath his Bora, his Bora uh, logo under there. And so it looks very classy. It's very close to his world championship jersey. He also has those rainbow bands around the cuffs of his sleeves and around his neck collar. So mm, Sagan's still looking classy, and he is still not in a trade team kit. <laughs> he uh, almost never rides in a full trade trade team kit unless he's doing a time trial so that is one thing with his fashion what else is coming out about Peter Sagan well he said that he could be aiming for Liège best on Liège for the first time in his career so usually Sagan kind of ends his season at Perry roubaix ends that classic season there sometimes he'll ride Amstel Gold Race or Flesh Wallonne but he is aiming for Liège Baston Liège next year, possibly. He said, might be in the works. He is not confirming anything, but it could be in the pipeline. So that is it for Zagan Watch. Play those sirens. All right, I know everybody's favorite segment, Zagan Watch, is over for this week, but don't worry, there will be Zagan Watch next week because he'll always be doing something that is probably amazing, and that's why we do Sagan Watch. So kind of going off of Sagan, this is a good segue into our tech portion, is Specialized S-Works has just released a new triathlon bike. Now, I know this podcast is dedicated to kind of more road cycling, still dedicated to all things cycling, and this bike is absolutely incredible absolutely incredible i think it really does some new things design wise it does some things for the consumer that i think are going to change bikes kind of from here on out at least i hope so i really like some of the consumer things that they did or at least they had the consumer in mind when creating the bike but it looks like a super super aero futuristic bike so s works came out with a new shiv and they are only doing 500 models right now, 500 models. So you can only imagine, I'm going to save the price tag till the end, but if there's only 500 models to start with, they're going to ship in March. You can only imagine that it's going to be a hefty price to pay for that bike. I'm going to save that till the end because it uh, it's a hefty price tag for sure. But this bike, I wouldn't say it looks like a completely new bike, but it looks very different than majority of bikes out on the road or triathlon bikes 
the biggest thing that you'll notice is on the rear, it has this like rear arrow fairing is kind of what it looks like that goes over the back part of the wheel. So basically from the seat post over to the back coming down to where the tire would just start to come in contact with that frame, there's this long arrow fairing on there. I'm going to get to that a little bit more from a consumer standpoint, but that back end is definitely going to add to the aerodynamics of the bike, making the rider more aerodynamic, having to do less watts to go even faster. But that's one of the biggest striking differences of this bike is that long rear arrow fairing. Also the chain stays. It has a very short wheelbase, I would say, which is, you know, typical of this super stiff of a, of a triathlon time trial bike, a short wheelbase that you're not going to have as great of steering with but it's going to be stiffer, going to be faster. But the chainstays are very, very, very low down on that bike. I know from a road bike perspective, those chainstays are starting to move, or the seat stays, I guess, are starting to move down. But the seat stays are almost like a chainstay on a normal bike. So that part is drastically, drastically different. But then we're going to get into the consumer part of it. It has two large storage spaces so you'll look on the down tube there is no mounting for a water bottle cage yet that is actually a spot for storage it has spots for food in there and for tools in there so you can fit up to about 12 gels in there they say plus tools all into that down tube so that is super cool that you can plug all that stuff into your bike and you don't have to worry about the aerodynamics of the bike at all or any wind drag on any of your bags for storage. So you can store that right in the down tube. And then that rear aero fairing is actually a water bottle. So it can hold 1.5 liters of water and then it has a hose running up to the top of the bike so that you can drink out of it. And super, super clever idea, I think, as you don't need to have a water bottle on your bike. You don't need to have an extra hydration pack it's built right into the bike. I think that is so smart for the consumer and is really showing that S-Works is for the consumer. It's not just to make the most aero bike in the world, but they're also thinking about the consumer. And then another part that is super, super cool and unlike any bike I've seen except for like a Brompton folding bike is it has a folding cockpit. So those aero bars up front tend to get in the way because they're a little bit wider they're harder to maneuver when you're transporting the bike per se like putting it into a bike box or putting it in the back of the car but now this has a folding cockpit so as far as i can tell those aero bars those bullhorn bars fold down into the frame and actually become flush with that frame so that is i just think so smart on the design of specialized and really looking out and thinking about the consumer in that standpoint and then the other biggest difference on this bike is its triple crown fork and so it, it doesn't have a typical stem you know because it has the arrow bars on there but basically from that fork the arrow bars just run out sideways and then you have the bars up top to get in that super tuck arrow position but then it's kind of weird the the head tube of the bike sticks out a little bit further than the fork which is different than in any road bike for sure where the fork comes up and goes inside of the head tube so this head tube actually goes a little bit further out and i guess that's for aerodynamic abilities is what the bike 
manufacturer saying, but that is, uh, again, kind of a new design that they are bringing. So I think that S-Works is really doing something different in this standpoint. And I always like it when bikes are pushing the boundaries, but I think the, the biggest takeaway from this bike is what are they are doing for the consumer. A lot of the aero bikes that came out around the Tour de France, you know, BMC had that storage spot underneath with the integrated water bottle, stuff like that. So I think this is going to be a trend moving forward that even though it's a super aero bike, we can put things into it and still make it aero. So you don't have to sacrifice those precious watts by putting a saddlebag on back. It's right into your frame. And I just think that's really looking out for the consumer. Now, two things that maybe aren't looking out for the consumer, maybe three things, are the price tag. It is only disc brake, which I'm all for that, but it is also only DI2. Right now, it is only going to be a DI2 and disc brake model. The bike is not set up to take mechanical anything. So the price tag is $1,400 for this bike. Do I think that's outrageous? Yes. Do I think it's worth it? Probably. Specialized is one of the top brands in the world. They put a ton of research into their bikes and produce great products. Uh, they, they, they do. That's the bottom line. They produce great products and they have a lot of champions on their bikes. You know, Quick Step Floors, Ride Specialized, Peter Sagan, Ride Specialized. So, that, I mean, at the very top level, they have guys producing on their bikes. You know, in the fixed gear side of it, you have Specialized Rocket Espresso. They're riding Specialized bikes. They're dominating the fixed bike scene. So, across the board, Specialized is doing great things with their frames. So, yes, that is the new Specialized Shiv. And then kind of taking a drastic turn away from an absolute aero machine. Now on the e-bikes, Muckoff, the brand I love for cleaning my bike, lubing my bike, all of that stuff. Muckoff has come up or come out with an e-bike range of products. So they have bike wash in there. They have bike lube. They have degreasing, all that stuff. They have a full range of e-bike cleaning and lubing supplies. And the biggest thing that they are pushing out of this is that you don't need water to rinse off the wash after you put it on. And that's their big push to that is you don't need to contaminate your engine or I shouldn't say engine, your motor or all of those wires and cables moving through your bike that can be damaged by water. You no longer need that. I think it's a little bit gimmicky until I try it for myself because I use the regular muck off on e-bikes all the time because I spray it on my rag. I wipe the rag down and then I take a dry rag and wipe anything off. So I'm never spraying my bike or the bikes I work on with water. But I, I still think it's a good idea, especially for the consumer. Being a mechanic, I know what works and what doesn't work because I, through trial and error, I've either seen it fail or another mechanic has told me that already doesn't work. But as a consumer, you don't always get to have trial and error and an error can be very expensive. So from this standpoint, I think it's going to give consumers a good sense of security to know that this is made for e-bikes specifically and that this is going to work without washing it off. So I think that was really smart on Muckoff's side to do that and to make a product that puts a sense of security into customers. So they have their e-bike lube, bike wash, degreaser, all of that. Muckoff came up with that. So one piece of tech to, uh, Round us out is a, a new Stages dash meter. So Stages is known for their power meters. 
They have the crankbase power meter system. Team Sky uses them. I currently use stages. I love them. They use either a double-sided crank or a single-sided crank. I have a left-side crank that I use for my power. And then they also have head units. Now, their head units in the past have been good. I've used the, the stages dash in the past, but it did not have GPS on it. So definitely one of the pitfalls, but it has every single piece of data that you could ever want or need when it comes to power, when it comes to heart rate, elevation. I mean, it has everything on there. It's a nice wide display. It's made to be portrait view. And so you get a nice wide display, but now they have a new GPS out there or new head unit out there that has GPS in it. It's called the Stages Dash L50. And that is for $350. They also have one, the M50, that is slightly lower. That is going to be $249. And so both of them have navigation on there, allow you to set up and customize all of your screens. And it has a smartphone app that you can just scan in a QR code. So very similar to a lot of other computers out there and then also i'm really impressed by the battery life so far the l50 says that it will last 18 hours and 15 hours for the m50 so that is a, a pretty good battery life on there 18 hours should get you through almost any of your rides that's a long time to be out on the bike i was uh, i recently did a 200 mile ride where our moving time was right around 12 hours and yeah all of our gps units died all of our phones died we had to you know charge them in the bags that we are carrying but uh, i would have definitely liked to have a gps unit that would have lasted 18 hours that would have been really nice so yes stages is coming out with that and so basically nothing is new to this computer from the data analytics side or anything like that it even has a similar shape to the other one but it does have GPS unit on there. It looks like it's going to be color GPS, give you turn by turn with, doesn't look like street names, but at least you could see street routes through there. I use a Lazine currently, and it just shows me the path I'm on. It doesn't show me like different streets intersecting with it. So from what I can tell, it looks like it shows a good detailed map while also giving you turn by turn navigation. So that brings us to the end of episode 14 of Cycling with watts thank you so much for tuning in thank you so much for for listening if you enjoyed this i really encourage you to share it with friends because my goal is just to help everybody i can to cycle more to get out on their bike more enjoy it more however however i can i've learned so much in the the years that i've been in cycling i want to give that back and educate people more and more and i'm learning every day so i want to share that knowledge with you and with uh, with other people so really i thank you for tuning in if you want to get more cycling with watts i got a blog that is cyclingwithwatts.com and i got more coming on the blog i'm going to do some better integration with the blog and the podcast so when i talk about something then you can go see it on the blog so that is coming in the near future also you can follow me on instagram at cycling with watts follow me on twitter at cycling wth watts i couldn't put the i in there it was too long Twitter handle didn't work. So that is cycling WTH Watts. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Again, please share if uh, if you feel like it. I would greatly appreciate it. But thank you for all who, who tuned in today, who've been there from the start. And if this is your first time, hope you enjoyed it. That's it. 
we'll have that orchestra music take us out